things going on, everyone? Ruckman here with an episode of Crew 3 Podcast, sponsored by our wonderful supporters over at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Chuck in a buck to get your name at the end of all of our streams and videos. Five bucks gets you a piece of monthly exclusive content on top of that. Or $15, twenty dollars international gets you the monthly swag bag mailing, which swag if bag. you were on the November mailing, should be you should be getting them now. I think the first couple people on the Discord have gotten those. Oh, yeah. By so the time you will... You will by the time you're listening to this, um, you should you should probably have it. Um, I like I said, several people have already reported getting theirs. So, yep. And then of course I will be back to doing December. Ricky will be doing January. I've already got the cards ordered, but I can definitely go back and order more uh, if you join up by the tenth to be part of the monthly mailing. Uh, with me, as always, are my co-hosts Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey, how's it going? Going pretty good. All right. I mean. You know, nothing a whole lot going on in the world of Magic. There's going to be, a, what, a pro tour this weekend? Zendikar champs or whatever this weekend, I guess? Is there really? So, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> no, uh, yeah. standard in historic. Honestly, the only reason I know about it is all the pros and, like, Emma and ZDP and, like, everyone else being like, oh, I turned my decks in. Oh, cool. Yep. So I'm like, oh, I guess there's a pro tour this weekend. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, standard and historic for everyone who wants to watch that. I can't wait to be disappointed by another time of wanting them to ban Muxus. We'll see what happens with that, though. Uh, all right, so we got stuff to talk about. We got the champs. We got the challenges going on, the metagame breakdown, and then we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, hey, we're waiting for, for Pioneer to hit on Arena still. And, you know, we started touching on it last week and saying, like, start investing now. Well, I went through all of our top meta decks and pulled up a list and went through and compared just Cards that just aren't on Arena yet, so you can start thinking about what decks you can actively build to and things of that nature. So we'll go into that there uh, after our metagame breakdown. Uh, let me think here for a sec. Anything else before we get started? Um, Who played, who played some good Magic this weekend? I um, I played a small amount of Historic, but I actually spent a lot of time playing a Pokemon online, which was a lot of fun, so... Uh, no, I took I took the week off from Magic to play a bunch of WoW, as you know. That's true. Yep, I was right there with you since the uh, WoW expansion came out. Shadowlands, we're big fans of that. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you know what? Actually, before we get into the metagame breakdown, let's take a couple minutes because you know by the time this episode goes up, all the holiday Cyber Monday deals will be over. But it's not too late to think of good gifts to go buy for any of your friends or family members who are also into Magic, because you know obviously the easiest thing to go with is just booster packs, but. It's just like, to me, buying booster packs is just like buying your relatives some lottery tickets. Hey, but it's a popular gift. It, right. it is a popular gift. Like, I don't, I, you know what? If you love to crack packs with your friends and family, it's like, go for it. But also, I thought we could take a couple minutes to talk about sort of some, not like good, but I think some some magic gifts that will last a little longer in the long yeah. run. I, um, I think collector packs are an interesting idea, but hmm. also... In case your friends don't play, because probably, right, like if you're listening to this, you're the one who likes magic. You just got to tell your significant other or your family members, hey, I found this really awesome podcast. We'll edit on like, I don't know, some music or something to the end of this that you can tell them is what you wanted to listen to. And they have to listen to all this magic talk in the meantime. And then they'll get the ideas of what to buy you for Christmas. Mm, There we go. You follow me there? It's like a reverse double psychology thing. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so the thing I always like to suggest, uh, and this goes back to actually several years ago, and I sort of started judging, and this is like a, a thing like a judge and I were going back and forth on, and I think they they had the best answer in my opinion. Now this is a little more harder to go through if people aren't used to buying like cards for for friends and families and all that kind of stuff, right? Like, so mm-hmm. this isn't something like your grandma might be able to go do, um, but I 
full art basic lands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, those are pretty cheap. You can go easily buy like 10, 20 of each art of like each type and not really break the bank anymore. I think that's a brilliant idea in particular because, hey, like once you get, you know, like I I remember I kept like 10 of the unglued lands because those were my favorite. Um, I bought a ton because they were cheap back in the day. I knew they would go up. They did. I sold them, but I kept about 10 of each and I pretty much like in most of the eternal formats eternal ish right like modern legacy you only play a couple basics anyway uh, of each color so typically it's enough if you want to go like that but yeah i think that's a great idea uh, i personally like always because uh you gotta have non-magic playing people that are going to get you magic related gifts mm-hmm. um sleeves like especially if you just go dragon shield sleeves mm-hmm. and you just really just can't go wrong um, just I, extra I think sleeves. Ricky, your parents got you a really good gift a couple years ago with that backpack. My parents are a little above average. I'm pretty sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, going on the record for that one, huh? My parents are definitely a little above average. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they they bought me that dope backpack because um, my old magic backpack finally broke. Uh, I also love backpacks and bags and stuff like that. Right. Uh, there's a lot of great camera bags that work really well that are cheap on Amazon Basics that are great for Magic the Gathering. Right now, we're not playing a lot in person, but still, if you don't have a Magic the Gathering backpack, there's plenty of places that sell premium ones that are like real dope. I've got a mm-hmm. Pirate Lab one myself. Um, but I think, was it you, Ruckman, that had the Amazon camera bag? that worked Yeah, the Amazon nicely? Basics camera bag. So it had like the little like padded felt things that you can just sort of reconfigure the bag however you want because it was uh, like felt lined but it had the Velcro thing. So you could – I was able to throw like a fat pack box, like six deck boxes and the playmat in there. Like it was perfect. And that that bag cost me like $15, I think. There you go. Get right, an And, and sure. customize it for your uh, for your friends so you can show them how to put their cards in there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of deck boxes, um, you know, Ultimate Guard Boulders are a super cheap and good pickup, I think. Um, and if you really want to put in money, uh, I know some people who have gone the the route of the, the nice wooden deck boxes. Um, the one of like the greatest deck boxes It is the greatest deck box I've ever owned in my entire Aww, life. Oh, thanks. It is uh, given to me by a one Chris. Yeah. Uh, of Crew 3 fame. Right. Uh, it was some weird Facebook guy in Austin. Yep. Who like was like uh had a love for magic and woodwork, mm-hmm. and made like I don't know a hundred of them, and then took orders and then made them, delivered them, and then said that was way too much work. I'm never doing that again. Right. Right. Uh, so you're normally not going to find anything that good. Uh, but you yeah, know, it was, it was a magnetized wood box that also had like a top and a bottom. Also, I got the cube box one Christmas. Oh, Wormwood, by the way, makes those. Wormwood makes yeah, wor- deck boxes Wormwood, now. Aaron mm-hmm. Kane. There's a bunch of, like, good... Yeah. yeah, now the technology's come a long way. For sure. Uh, like, there's some nice custom boxes if you want to go all out. Uh, but if you just need something uh, quick for that uh, magic player on your list, I mean, booster packs are fine, but, like, grab, like, a satin tower... Satin Tower. Grab a Satin um, Tower, shove like three booster packs and a pack of card dividers in there. I know it sounds stupid, but like packs of card dividers, especially really nice ones, are really good for co- like collection organization and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I like, there was a time in my life where I literally just did not have enough. 
and I bought like three packs one day and I've never, I use them all almost always. Yep. But, uh, you know, just something like that. And then you wrap that up and then, you know, that's all fun. And then wrap the individual booster packs. Cause you're a madman. <laughs> um, you know, just go nuts. Well, it's Christmas. I would honestly like anything that like ultimate guard, like the archives and those boxes, I think are great. Honestly, like mostly any ultimate guard product I think can't go wrong. Oh, those are, that's, that's good stuff. I've, um, I've been like one thing I'll do just to like, you know, cause it's one of those times and, and I'm think blessed now and to be in my life in a position where I can is like hit up the local game stores. That's open. Um, not open for play. I don't think right now, but at least they're, they're opening them up for, for limited shopping and uh, I'm throwing the money that I can at them. So I, th- and also individual people who are trying to make a living. So like, if you're going to buy, like if you can find a person or, you know, an Etsy shop or something like that, or whatever, some personal shop, of somebody I recommend buying from there if you can. And this, this also kind of goes back to the code thing of like, also, you know, like it's a little impersonal. Not everyone likes to give, get money, right? Like it's, you can do something extra, but instead of, if you don't know, instead of money, how about just going to like the game store I like to go to and just get them a like gift certificate for that local yeah. game store type of deal. Cause mm-hmm. I think like that's a little better, a little more personal than money. Cause it shows like you understand. Right, right, right. Also, uh, this is a side note, um, and you know your magic player may differ, uh, but I don't really ever want another playmat for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh well, I need to go cancel the inked gaming order because I got us all snowboard playmats for Christmas. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I, I don't, I don't think I can have enough playmats, but that's just me. But like, know the person you're talking about because you guys hit the nail on the head. Like packs are fun, but like gear is better because there's always the it always does suck to open up that pack and you're like, oh, foil squire, okay, you know. Um, so like what you guys are talking about gear is really good, but then, you know, if you know, like, again, if you're given, uh, my wife knows, I just love play mats. So one year she got me the, um, Grim Llama Mancer play mat. The and Lama I love one. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. That sounds like, uh, like that sounds Klein. like your wife mm-hmm. and Chris Klein. Yep. That exactly sounds like, right. uh, I mean, play mats, like, uh, of course, like inked custom play mats, definitely going to be cool or something weird, like the lava mancer play mat. Mm-hmm. Uh, go get, sec- go get the sexy Brian Kibler play mat. There uh, you go. But like, I don't, I don't know if you guys know, like you guys know, but like I have two desks and I have both of them just completely covered in play mats. Mm-hmm. And then I keep I, like three play mats in every bag. And I still have a just stack of play mats. I have a drawer under my TV of like 10 play mats. And that's after I threw away, like, another, like, 10 or 15 when I moved to Houston. Like, I just, I could carpet my room in playmats. If uh, I could, I would. <laughs> All right. So hopefully, you know, that little that little public service announcement that you can go play to your families and loved ones. Uh, we hope that did well. And hopefully you get a little more than booster packs on Christmas this year. Oh, one last thing I want to say. Oh, okay. So give uh, give the phone back to your family. Yeah, yeah. Mini boogie boards. Ooh, good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they are a treat to have. Uh, ultimate, ultimate. Going back to Ultimate Guard. Ultimate Guard has one that's like eight bucks. A boogie board. Yeah, it's what I used. It was like eight dollars at my LGS. This is, by the way, for those who don't know, uh, we aren't actually just buying snowboards now. Um, <laughs> this is like a little like draw pad, like an electric draw pad. Um, it used to be called digital paper, but then the brand that got really popular in magic was called boogie board. Mm-hmm. It has like a snap on little stylus thing. It has one button. That button erases it. That's it. 
Yeah. I think like the generic like is like LCD notepad or something like that as well. They're pretty cheap. You can generally get them between like 15 to 25 bucks for a really good one. Or go on like wish.com and get five for like $10 that you'll get in five months. Wish.com. Yeah. Oh my. But uh, yeah, though, that's a, another great, like really good magic gift. Uh, However, as much as I love boogie boards and they are tournament legal, uh, if we ever get real tournaments again, always use pen and paper. There you go. Yeah, and and if you get investigated, don't try to quickly erase, erase the boogie your boogie board. Because <laughs> then you really get in trouble. <laughs> Those fancy ones can save. Yeah. Have you seen the ones that save? I have. No, seen I them. haven't. Yeah, they've got like two extra buttons on it, and you can save oh. the screen. Button technology. Yeah, I know. All right, so let's get into this Pioneer Metagame breakdown, shall we? Let's shall. All right, this week, actually a pretty big shift, I think, all things considered. We're starting number 12 with a new chart in Azorius Yorion. Uh, This is a deck playing things like Reflector Mage and Skyclave Apparition. Essentially, like, what you, I would think of, like, a Bant deck would want to do, like Bant Coco, but we're playing Yorions instead. Um, This deck, I think, is being solely held up by one player. So I do want to, I don't usually usually shout out the archetypes, uh, but shout out to Aridos. They've done pretty well in the challenges. Actually, I think we'll talk about them in one of the challenges, but this deck is being held up solely by them, it looks like. So, you know, hey, get some success with your deck, right? Uh, so that's a new chart. And at number 11, hanging solid at uh, number 11 from last week is Lotus Combo with 2.8% of the meta. And at number 10 is Esper Control with 3.7% of the meta, down from number 9 or from, uh, yeah, number 9 last week. Did I do that wrong? No, Esper Yorian was a flat change. My bad. Sorry. Uh, and at number 10, we have Mono Black Aggro up from number 12 last week, which means Vampires kicked off the map this week. Mm. At number eight, we have Jeskai Luka down two spots to being 5.8% of the meta. At number seven, we have Four Color Omneth at 6.4% of the meta, moving up one spot there from number eight last week. And at number six, so these next few decks are going to be all just bumped down a slot. So I'm just going to say that now. Uh, so your your six was your five last week, your five was your four last week, and so on. So this is going to be start with Orzov. Orz at 6.8% of the meta, currently at number six this week. And at number five this week with 7.7% of the meta is Monogreen Planeswalkers. And at number four is Niv to light at 8% of the meta. And lastly, our last one bump down, slowly moving down the ladder, unfortunately, is number three, Lurus Burner, 8.9% of the meta. Up a whopping five slots from number seven last week is Oops All Spells at 9.8, which means once again, two weeks in a row, Wilderness Reclamation at 12.0% of the the meta is your number one spot. What a deck. So what is your why Yorian oops all spells? What did I say Yorian oops all spells? No, it is Yorian oops all spells. Like the the list that they have for an example list of oops oh, all spells. Oh well, I mean there 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 some some people were just you know oh just play the extra like two cards right just might I as well play Yorian. Seventy four cards was perfection. Ah, uh, seventy seven. Seventy seven. Mm. Yeah. I the they're never going to settle on a, a correct card count. Yeah. This deck, this is, deck is always so going to be just whatever you dumb. feel like. This deck is so stupid. It's just not Magic the Gathering, and I love it. 
I think it really right now is survive. It's it's moving back up on mono greens dropping down in play counts. We're not really worried about people being able to stop us game one. Yeah, just it feels so bad when your opponent just like turn three Karns and like goes and gets a Tormod's Crypt and it's like, and next turn I'm getting the cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's just That's like the thing is like. There were turns where it's like, man, you tapped out for the Karn. I could beat the cage the next turn, but the fact that you got the crypt on the turn three was what killed them because oops, all spells can go off pretty quick. Yeah. So I always feel like it's just like <laughs> Karn comes down. He get, If they're good, they get crypt now and they get cage next turn. We were then, riding so high and then Servo Token shows up and is like, here's Karn, go find Tormod's crypt. That's it. The, uh, the fact that there is a... Uh, shift in the metagame week to week is a very, very good sign in my opinion. Yeah, um, I, think I so too. still think that Uro needs to go. I think it's just too powerful a card. I think it, I think it stops a lot of decks that we um, should be seeing like some amount of play from seeing play because of its play patterns. But the fact that we're now seeing, okay, great. Last week we had, you know, or we had this week we saw a drop amount of grain or last week we saw an increase in dirtily decks. Right, I, I think the mm-hmm. Oops All Spells beats up on some of those Uro mid-range to late-game style decks, right? The Reclamation yeah. styles of the format. I think it beats up on those pretty firmly. So the fact that week to week we're seeing, hey, look, this week Oops All Spells is going to be good because what happened last week is, uh, is really where you want to be, right? That's the marquee yeah. of a good format. I think so, too. I think, you know, like you, you, you said it perfectly, and we've talked about this, I think, in private conversation a lot, where, you know, Uro is good, yes, but I think the real problem with Uro is... Look, Chris, buddy, I've, I've been trying to make Rhino work. You know I've been trying to make Rhino work, not just for us, but for the listeners, for the people. Right. I've been trying to make some sort of non-Uro mid-range work. You just can't. You can't. Nope, not even close. <laughs> like, it's not just the fact that it gains life. It's the amount of card draw and card advantage you lose out on by not playing Uro. You just can't keep up with any of the other decks. Essentially, you just can't keep up against the other Uro decks, the decks that are playing Uro, right? I think, like, mid-range still be a little weak without Uro, but you not just immediately made obsolete by every other mid-range deck playing Uro. No, for sure. I I will say, like, and what's kind of sad is actually, like, with the switch to um, Niv to Light taking up some more spots, like in the challenges we're about to talk about, uh, Teferi is actually more played than Uro, which is another card obviously we have a problem with. But just to note, talking about shifts in the metagame, Thoughtseize in several of these challenges that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. is now one of the number one and number two cards, as opposed to the kind of, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, um, inbreeding, I guess is what I'm going to call it, of blue cards, right? Or mm-hmm. Uro, uh, Teferi, and then Mystical Dispute, because Dispute, when those cards yeah. are so good, you got to play that, so... And also, you know, with with Burn being so prevalent lately, we're seeing a, a big resurgence in, like, the four-color Omnath decks. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I was pretty worried about four-color Omnath taking over, but then the combo decks really pushed it out. Um, and But, you know, I think the Burn deck is a good count. Is, the Omnath is a good counter to Burn, but it's kept out by a lot. I think Omnath actually feels pretty decent in Pioneer, which yeah. is something I wasn't expecting to say, but, like... It's annoying, but I don't think it's as egregious as, like, your Uros and stuff like that. So I think it's a good, like, burn counter. I think Omnath can exist in Pioneer. Yeah, I think it does fine. I think that, like, what's the best thing you can do with the four mana it gives you back? Like, play a, play a Niv-Mizzet on turn five? Like, play at turn four, fetch, and then get a Niv-Mizzet, like, off black? 
That's probably the best thing you can do, right? Yeah. I don't know, which like is is good, right? I'm not arguing that mm-hmm. that's like a bad thing you do or anything like that. But what I'm saying is in standard, it was like, well, I've got several things to do. And one of them was going to be escape to the wilds because being slower, we could afford to mess around like that, right? It sets us up for next turn. Let's play an extra land. We've got a bunch of options. That's too slow for Pioneer, most likely. So, you know, what what the only deck that really takes advantage of that four mana really well is is Niv-Mizzet. There's definitely ways to get a second green with that and then play mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know, whatever else you want to play that's got a second green in it. But yeah, which is a lot of cards, but the mana it gives you back isn't being as used as heavily in Pioneer as it was in Standard. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's take a look at these challenges, shall we? Oh, oh real, wow. Real quick. Yep, what's up? I just want to mention that every week... I become, I fall more and more in love with Sultai, with Sultai Reclamation. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen what we're playing now in these sideboards? Have you seen There's... these decks? Show They're me the truth. So What's in the sideboards? We got two Notion Thief in our sideboard. Ooh, yeah. We got we're... the Emrakul, the Promised End. The Emrakul, the Promised End. Two Night Pack Ambusher. Like, we're playing Necromentia in our sideboard just to hit our opponent's auros when we're on the play. Like we are like, this is a hot deck. I, I'm just, it's, it's the Jund, right? It's so good. And like, I've read so many articles about it and like this deck, it plays chemistry's insight times three. I'm going to be cheating on my Phoenixes pretty soon. The only thing yeah. that's <laughs> keeping me out is, is $160 worth of Oro again. Oh, oh. And hey, Shark Typhoon's getting up there. Yeah, if you don't want to buy six dollars worth, one hundred six dollars worth of arrows, remember we're we're allowed twelve proxies now in the webcam events. Which the next one is this coming Saturday. So, oh wow! If you show up to the webcam event with Sultai Reclamation, that is not in the spirit of our monthly webcam events. I'm just going to tell you now. I'm not going to tell you you can't do it. I'm just saying, like you know, it's it's you know, how am I not going to show up to the to the to the car show, you know, with my souped up uh, Lamborghini of Sultai Reclamation, like. This I'm gonna throw deck. the Jeff Goldblum meme in your face. I'm gonna throw the they were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think whether or not they should. Maybe I you're think, right. I think, but essentially, you were telling me. I don't, but I don't want to discourage people from playing what they want to play at the same time. Right. You're telling me talk about Ricky with twelve with twelve proxies. Oh, so so Ricky can't show up with Sultai Rick. Anyone else? Any of the listeners can. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I still don't necessarily encourage it, but I definitely wouldn't stop you. Like, I would stop Ricky. For 12 proxies, right? You're telling me that I can uh, very much uh, purchase the wheels to my Lamborghini and get the rest of the Lamborghini for free? Yes. Yes, that's Anyways. what we're You get those like Lambo wheels. Huh? You get those Lambo wheels. I'll go buy those Lambo wheels. Yeah. You're, Let you're, me know you're where you can find Lambo wheels for $50. <laughs> I'll let you know. All right. All right. So... Ricky, I think there's a deck here, especially in this first challenge, that might make you rethink that Sultai Rec choice. Mm-hmm. So let's crack into it, shall we? Eleven twenty-eight, the Saturday challenge. In a number eight play, in a number eight, we have Niftlight. In a number seven, Esper Control. In sixth place, we have Erdos playing that blue-white, just Yorian deck we were talking about there a minute ago. Mm-hmm. So break that down here a little bit. Fourth and fifth place, both taken up by Oops All Spells. Third place, Jeskai Luka. Second place, another Oops All Spells. And in first place, Go Delicious with a sweet, sweet mono red brew, which we will break in down a little more here in a little bit. 
Uh, but you know, let's uh, let's take a look here at the decks and just sort of go up. Uh, let me joke here. Niftalite. It's Niftalite, right? Nothing really exciting there. Uh, let's go take a look at Esper Control. Uh, it's our Yorian deck. That's that's whatever. All right. Here's this blue white deck. It's Yorian, but you know, I like it, right? We got Thraven Inspector. We got Charming Prince, Reflector Mage, Skyclave Apparition, Elite Guard Mage. Ever remember mm -hmm. Elite Guard Mage? I do remember Elite Guard Mage. I don't. One of Solemn. One of Fossa Deep Dwelling, y'all. I think Ooh. that should actually be a two of. You think? I think so. In an 80 card deck, that card does so much. We got three Moriorians, two Edge of Treacheries, four Teferi Time Raveler, four Isolate. <laughs> what are we What are we isolating? Uh, what? I don't know. What are we isolating? Just mono black creatures? Yeah, mono black creatures. Um elves. Mana elves? Yeah. Um, nothing in Oopsal, nothing in Oopsal spells that I can so see. In white, you Iron, have to play right? Isolate. So, I, I've actually thought a lot about this card. Okay. Because, like, um, it was, it's part of my, like, delve into why white is such a bad color in Pioneer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that, like, the most powerful turn one is, like, the mana accelerant from green. It's, like, the turn one mana dork play. And that in order to then be a successful color in this format, you need a way to answer that turn one play. So like red and black were like real standout colors at the very beginning of the format because Elvish Mystic or Llanowar Elf and you had Shock and Fatal Push. And white didn't have anything till turn two with Glass Casket after Throne. Uh, so they really just could not answer the turn one Elf. Mm -hmm. But Isolate does in fact answer the turn one Elf and it's very important that you do it, or else you're going to have to beat turn two five fives. Sure. So, yeah. and burn, uh, I, I think is the big one. I understand isolate. I think isolate is a very important card. Uh, I wouldn't play all four, but you know, it is your only in white answer. And blue also does not have a turn one answer. Uh, you can be like Chris and play unsummon. We could, but isolate's probably a little bit better than unsummon. Chris, you hear that? He's 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 talking mess about unsummon. Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm fine with it. Like unsummon's a card that I like, but it's not necessarily a card that I'm in love with. You okay. know, one card that I am in love with that uh, I think it was Servo Token put in the Discord just the other day was um, Eldrazi something Eater something like that. The Eldrazi that puts a card from exile into the graveyard. Blight Herder. Is it Blight Herder? Smothering Abomination. There's an Eldrazi that takes a card from exile and puts it in their graveyard. Wasteland Strangler. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. There you go. Well, Waste it's 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 they all do that. They all take a card from uh, exile and put it in the graveyard. Well, Wasteland Strangler also kills a creature when it does. This, it. Wasteland this is Strangler the one, kills a creature. Yeah, yes. this is the one I particularly want to talk about. Um, if there's one in uh, white and blue that's worth playing, that makes sense. But um, I like maybe playing this deck, but with the black that Servo Token was splashing because Wasteland uh, Wasteland Strangler. Wasteland Strangler or any processor seems amazing because we can take these cards we're exiling with Glass Casket and Skyclave Apparition and just get rid of them, right? It gets those right. cards. Right. So mm -hmm. that, that I thought was a really cool adaptation by by them. This was a, like a modern deck for quite a while, actually, where you played Blight Herders and Wasteland Stranglers to just move cards that you've exiled temporarily away. All right. Moving on, we have... All right, let's talk about it. That number one deck list, this challenge. It's cool. 
I'm not this mono it's not red. Cool. Let, let's let's break it down real fast, people at home. All right. So this is a sweet mono red deck list played by Godelicious uh, or Gotalicious. Uh, we got four Bone Crusher Giant, four Thought Not Seer, one Golos the Tireless Pilgrim, four Chandra Torch Defiance, one Chandra Awakened Inferno, four Ugin the Spirit Dragon, four Cleansing Wildfire, four Anger of the Gods, four Valakut Awakening, three Iron Crag Feet, four Maze Mind Tome, three Vessel of Volatility. And then we have three Battlefield Forge, one Blasting Zone, four Cascading Cataracts, four Dexfield Citadel, three Mountain, four Ramanop Ruins, and one Scavenger Grounds. So we're just some sick big mana mono red deck trying to ramp into a big daddy Ugin. So like the big combo here. Yeah. Is of course Cascading Cataracts. Yeah. Cleansing Wildfire. Mm-hmm. Where we will cleansing wildfire and we'll target our own cascading cataracts. It's indestructible, so it does not die. Right. So we get to we get to rampant growth and draw a card for two mana. Wow. It's almost like growth spiral. This is the old uh, uh dove scape when you have a Bosaju in play. Right. Yeah. Doves the first time I ever saw this instance to take you guys back was a card called Dovescape, which counters non-creatures and you get birds equal to its cost. And it's worded the same counter target spell or counter any spell, whatever, period, right? Then it's got the rest of the text where you make birds. So, wow, classic kind of MTG flashback coming here. So I do like this deck. This deck is cool. Um, you got We've got Thought Not Seer, which is a good card. I mean, can we play Reality Smasher? I like Reality Smasher almost a little bit more sometimes. Um, but, you know, we got Ugins, we got Chandra, Awakened Infernos, and we're going to do some cheesy stuff with Iron Craig Feet. Iron Craig Feet is a card that I do own for of foil um, waiting for the day because I think this card is absolutely insane. It's getting closer and closer every day. People are not saying buy this card, but you know, it's $1.50 right now or not even. I think it's like 50 cents right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick them up. Do we have, ugh, I guess we only have three Iron Craig Feet. Do we need another big, big thing to cast besides an Ugin? Like one more besides maybe Chandra. We got one big Chandra. And the point is, like, you know, Iron Crag Feet, it costs four itself. And, like, at that point, we can cast most of our spells except for Ugin. Do we want, like, a second uh, Awakened Inferno or anything like that in there? I mean, we got Golos to activate, too. Yeah. Off of our Cascading Cataracts. Sure. Okay. So I don't think we need it, really. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. We just we pump the mana that we get from that into Cascading Cataracts and activate exactly. Golos. Activate Golos. Makes sense. Cast all the spells for free. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's seven, right? So that's perfect because that's five mana plus tap cascading cataracts, which I think is six lands because five plus that, and then yeah, the two extra, and we can activate a Golos. It's pretty nifty. Only one Golos though, still. And in the board, we do have another Awakened Inferno and an Emrakul Promised End. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And you know, we really do want to be searching and doing what we can to get to that Ugin anyway. So, well, uh, you know, I hate to interrupt our conversation with this deck, but I did reach out to the pile of this deck. Uh, for a few questions here on the deck list. Uh, so they are, uh, I believe, located in Europe, so they couldn't get back to me uh, answers in time for, to make the recording here. But we'll, we'll take a quick little pause here, and hopefully, you know, they get back to us before we this edit episode goes out. Uh, they seem pretty eager to answer, so hopefully they do get back uh, beforehand. But, you know, I understand things happen, so that might be pushed back to next week. But hopefully they get back with me in time before this episode does go out. So we're going to put that right here. 
okay. So it is Wednesday, and we got our replies from Anders Gottfredson, of course, Gotalicious, or Gotalicious, the the pilot of the, what do you want to call it? Big Red, Monored Ugin. Chonkier Red. Ch- chonkier Red. There we go. All right. So I got some, I asked some questions. I got some answers. Uh, they wanted us to write them in, so that's totally okay. Uh, and then I actually played the deck a little bit on stream on Tuesday, so we can talk about my experience with it just a little bit. Um, and then if you really want to go back and watch the stream, the VOD should be up on our Twitch still for the next two weeks. So, all right, let's get into it. So, uh, my first question, because I went through and I looked at Godalicious's, uh, their, their real history in Pioneer. They played a lot of Lotus Field. They've kind of been all over the place. So the first question, of course, was most recently you had a lot of sense of Lotus Field. What made you switch to this modern red deck over anything else for the challenge? So uh, their reply was they've been on a pretty big losing streak with Lotus Field, uh, burn and gr- mono green are pretty big ma- bad matchups for the deck, um, and he just wanted something fun and interesting that they could be burned with. So a couple of his friends, Oscar and Rune, brewed up this deck, and well, I totally agree with him. Where he says, "How can you not love it? Uh, it's just um, Ugin is a card he very much enjoyed, and then you get some fun cards like Anger of the Gods, Bone Crush Giant, Thought Not Seer. It just takes care of the burn matchup for you." So. Looking at the deck list, I mean, it seems pretty apparent that, yeah, one of your big things is you just have that burn matchup on lock, right? Yep. And then, of course, I went in and asked what was the real inspiration for the deck. And, of course, he said since the deck his friends came up with, they could probably explain it better. But he believes it is essentially the interaction of cleansing wildfire with your Dark Steel Citadels and your uh, Cascading Cataracts. Mm-hmm. Which, um, hey, hey, guess what? Mono Red Rampant Growth that also draws you a card afterwards is pretty dope, I yep. have to say, in in practice. Our past um, selves already talked about that a little bit, but just yeah. it's worth talking about again because that's uh, that's a lot of fun. The deck, I actually, I was, you know, I was a little iffy on Maze Might and Tome, but in actually getting to play with the deck, getting to start with Maze Might and Tome or Cleansing Wildfire, they're just both very good. And then obviously, you know, you could have the Sweet Steps of the Vessel. So I think actually this deck on the surface level looks like pretty underpowered turn two. But when getting to play with the deck, your turn twos can do take the deck in a lot of different ways, which I think is really interesting, right? A lot of decks, their turn two is just going to be, like, if you're an aggressive deck, your big five-mana dude or whatever, right? Or just getting in some damage. But I like the turn two in this deck because you can ramp and just draw a card back. You can set up a, a Maze Mind Tome just to fix your draws later. Or you can just play a Vessel to set up for a turn three Ugin. Notice how, in order for us to, like gain three life and draw a card and get a land into play in this deck we would need a third card that gains us life i just want to yeah. point that out right in this yeah, deck yeah, we yeah. need an indestructible land a bad sorcery and we would still need to gain three life to do what uro does just want to say yeah but i'm with uh, you on the on the maze mind tomb thing it's a card that i was like this card really can't be that good and i was reluctant to construct it with rare wild cards in arena but the card is everywhere. I'm glad that uh, it doesn't matter that I waited because in real life, the card would go up in price and then you might be mm-hmm. in a little bit of trouble, but uh, I don't think it's worth too much in real life anyway, but you get the idea on arena, a wild card's a wild card. So craft it when you want. Very insane card. I've been playing it since it, uh, like it just played it a lot in limited and was just like, maybe I can play it and construct it. Very I was going to ask you as our M21 end boss here, what you thought about Maze Mind Tome. Uh, I have a lot of opinions about a lot of M21 cards that are very wrong because I just played a lot of Limited. <laughs> uh, but Maze Mind Tome is a card that I know is very good. It is the truth, it, it, huh? Yeah. For uh, sure. So then, of course, when you when you look at a deck like this, I, I follow up the question of how many iterations has this deck gone through? Which is another question we've got to ask a lot of lately. 
Uh, usually, you know, we just sort of see the deck in its final form. That's it. But it's kind of nice to hear the process on how they ended up with the deck list. Yeah. Uh, they said initially the first draft of the deck uh, had a lot more Golos and Eldrazi interactions in the main. Uh, but then to help against the burn matchup and just help speed you up, they added the Bone Crushers and the Iron Crag feats. Um, and then they said, so as after that challenge, there's been a sort of, we've been actually seeing as well ourselves that there's been a more of a downtick in burn lately and yeah. a lot more of the mid-range decks. So um, Anders is saying that as time goes on, maybe that that change keeps happening. Maybe look for the deck to go back into more of the Eldrazi and the Golos interactions instead. Which, I mean, you're going to be able to activate Golos with your Cascading Cataracts, so. Yeah, uh, I'm a little surprised we haven't seen as many Eldrazi's in Pioneer given the strength that it had in some of the older formats. I understand that the older formats had some acceleration, but they were even good in, in standard. So mm-hmm. uh, with that being said, I, I expect to see some more Eldrazi's running around if and when Uro gets banned and we open the format back up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as for matchups, uh, they, uh, Anders wanted to tell us that uh, Mono Green, Omnath, Jeskai Luka, you want to avoid those matchups. Uh, they just sort of get to outvalue you, right? Which, again, makes sense. It's the thing I think we've harped on enough in that uh, you just want to be the deck that has the most value going on in your game plan. I think Pioneer is really interesting that more than any other format. Um, and it's, again, why we talked about why Uro just sort of locked out any other mid-range deck is that it just has the most card advantage. So even if you have a mid-range deck that can function well in the format, you're just never going to beat the Uro decks just because they just out-card advantage you on an overall better threat, right? Uh, they went on to say that Oops All Spells and, of course, Aggro are his favorite matchups with the deck list. I had a little issue with Oops All Spells, but I can definitely still see why it would do good in that matchup. Although we, we played against a very awkward, I want to say, build of Oops All Spells. Uh, so again, you can check out the VOD for that. Um, look at the sideboard. Obviously, there's a bunch of different, there's a bunch of cool, interesting sideboard options. You see that Emmer cool. You see the Chandra. You see a couple more Wraths. Ratchet Bomb, a card we haven't seen like any of in Pioneer. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, the uh, the Damping Spheres. And we boarded in a lot of those Wraths all the time. So uh, Emrakul is for the decks that Ugin isn't enough, like your Nibbis, your Control decks. Um, the the Ratchet Bomb tech, uh, he, in his opinion, might not actually be the best, but they loved it in Lotus Field against Burn and Mono Blacks. So that's sort of why it stayed in there. Uh, my favorite response, though, is no idea why there was a Blast Zone in the board. Don't do that. <laughs> so so find a better card for your instead of the blast zone go find a better 15th card in the sideboard it looks like uh what, honestly that ratchet bomb was good for lotus no no no. he, he said he liked it when they were playing lotus were against playing burn lotus and mono black right yeah, yeah. So uh, that's okay. like a carryover for for the from their team playing lotus field okay that makes more sense yep uh and then so here are the last couple cards uh last couple questions i asked uh, so you know uh Anyone looking to try the list? Is there any advice or information people should know before sleeping it up? Uh, not really. I think it plays out as you would expect most of the time. I guess don't be greedy and just play Valakut as a land. Turn one more off than not. I can agree with that. I think I was a little at... I think this is one of those decks that you're going to see it do the turn three Ugin and just think that's all the deck does. But I think I, I kind of messed up some of my lines enough. I think there's actually enough like questions and lines in this deck that you actually have to think more than you you realize you're going to when you sleeve the deck up. 
yeah, and and that's true with a lot of decks, I think, where it, it turns out to be a little bit more complicated, but especially with that one, and like it's not just big Ugin go hard. There are yeah. a lot of decisions you have to make to survive until then, and you know, interesting wrath points, and you know, almost a dare I say Pokemon type feel of when to ramp and when to go for your thing. So, mm-hmm. and then lastly, this is a question that I threw in. What advice would you offer any of the listeners out there who may be feeling more inspired to tackle Pioneer for New Angle like your deck does? And I think they gave a great uh, – Anders, of course, gave a wonderful answer. Don't be afraid of Brute. Pioneer is grossly underexplored, and there are a lot of super powerful niche cards that are begging to be broken. You might win a tournament with Burn, and but you also might scrub out. And if you scrub out with Burn, it feels like wasted time. I scrubbed out the PTQ with, with Blue Black Metalwork Colossus and had a blast. And – I think you know, that's a sentiment that lines up with what we're saying. We say a lot, right? You know, Pioneer has a lot of place to explore, but it's kind of locked down, I think, by the best decks. And I think that's always why, you know, people might say we take a little more casual approach to the format, but I think it just allows us to focus on and just explore a lot of the, the funner side of Pioneer. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, they hit the nail on the head, right? Like this game, especially during this time, has got to be fun for you. And we like to cover the competitive metagames. People know what's up, but our favorite things are the doesn't slaps, the user submitted decks. What are you guys making and, and seeing how mm-hmm. we can help with that? So, you know, every I and I'm there. I, you know, I, I sleeve up all the, the tier one decks to stream with and I just get frustrated. But then the decks that I have the most fun with have been like decks that are good, but they're just not tiered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just fun. They got something, they've got some juice to them. They got some competitiveness there, but they've got some fun stuff going on. All right. So anything else to point out before we kick it back to our past selves? No, let's kick it back to past selves. We need to get the show on the road. Yep. Oh, as a call forward, hey, we figured out what Collective Defiance does. It's for the Oops All Spells matchup. Oh. <laughs> so thanks once again to Mr. Gottfriedson for answering my questions, and let's kick it on back to us in the past. Let's move on to the next challenge. This deck is sweet, though. I'm, I, as somebody who likes mid-range mono-red decks... You were right. I like that deck. All right. And the next challenge, the 1129 challenge. And at fifth place, we have Mono Black Aggro. In at number seven, we have Niv to Light. In number six, we have Four Color Obnath. Fourth and fifth place, both taken up by Luris Burn. In at third place, we have Niv to Light. Second place, Soltai Reclamation. And oh, what is this? Showtime is saying, nah, 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 nah. We don't need the white around here. Hey, we're hey, just hey. playing mono red. This, uh, whenever we're ready to get into this list, this list is uh, defiant. That is one way of putting it. it. It is disrespectful in all the best ways. And what is the most way we're so defiant, Ricky? Uh, first off, our actual defiance is in the sideboard. Hmm. Uh, Torch of defiance. But we've got a collective defiance, four of them, in the main board. It's like Inverter Never Left. But the real thing is we got four Bomac Courier. Ooh, that's a card. We have not seen the tomato in a while. Mm-hmm. I, I've, when I, when Pioneer first got announced, I built Mono Red with Monastery Swiss Sphere and Hazaret and Bomac Courier. And I sadly had to find out that Hazaret just not that good anymore. And Bomac Courier is so unbelievably bad that it made me want to cry. And now, we're, we're winning it back. We're, we're running it back. With only 17 lands. Only 17 lands. This plus, five, plus five double face cards. This deck costs 
Um, this deck costs eighty dollars. Yeah, pretty much in both paper and MTGO. Yeah, the most expensive card is the Soulscar Mages. Yeah, that's over a fourth of your deck cost. Or the Chandras that are in your board. Yep. Man, we've we've got Chain Whirler in the board for Chain Whirler. How long has it been since you've seen a, a chain get whirled? So so long. <laughs> Historic Gabos plays it, but that's about it. Right, and then the Shatter Skull Smashing, very good. Spikefield Hazard, Wild Slash. Uh, Roiling Vortex, just MVP of Pioneer right now for sideboards <laughs> everywhere. I yep. cannot figure out the Collective Defiances. Yeah, that, maybe I gotta reach out to Showtime and ask them about the Collective Defiance. I guess it's just that, like another burn spell? I'll, I'll, I'll do more investigative journalism and I'll reach out and see what they think. Okay. What they say. Good. Hey, a couple notes on this challenge real quick. Yo, what's um, up? What you got? The more this list, the more this list gets refined, the more I love it. But Naya Winota is in twenty first place. I want to say this is, okay. and this seems like a lot of fun. We're playing some Lotus Cobras to try and ramp a little faster. Your classic Rabble Masters and War Bosses to get more triggers of our Winota, and then uh, you know Angrass Marauders and Akanrith. Pretty standard Elder Revolution, but it's still out there, and I think that's a pretty fun deck. That especially you know whenever play picks back up, I hope to see it at a lot of local tables because. I think that's a fun, the, the refined list of this look fun to me. It's a little expensive on the paper side, but it's only 80 ticks on MTGO, which even if you have like the most basic Mana Trader subscription right, you can play this deck. Yep. And I'll point out that most of the reason that it's expensive, again, is because of the land. So if you're somebody mm-hmm. who is good about keeping your shock lands and you, I, I don't even think necessarily with all of the new pathways, you have to play Mana Confluence, but this deck chooses to, and that's about, not quite a third, maybe a fourth of the cost. Uh, fifth, maybe a little less. Anyway, it's it's a significant portion of the cost. So your your most expensive things are your lands and then Rabble Masters and Winotas. So if you were a fan of the deck or you know have those cards, then you're in good shape. But for sure, mm-hmm. it's not the most budget friendly. Uh, oh, did you guys see Dreams of Ashiok, 32nd place? This time, not doing as well. And you want to guess why? No Ashiox? no Ashiox. No Ashiox. Didn't play Ashiox. Dreams of Ashiox. We haven't. Had. We haven't. We haven't seen any Traft in a while. I hope they're He's, okay. Is playing. Is playing Command of the Dreadhorde. Right. That is not Ashiox. That's Liliana. That's, uh, that's Command of the Dreadhorde. Uh, by the way, definitely one of the like sweetest cards you can play. Mm-hmm. It reanimates everything you want. That's it's true. Reanimate for anything. Your opponent's yard. Your yard. All of it. Planeswalkers. Creatures. Um, I think I definitely cheated with this card in a twin-headed giant event once. It's a big ouchie, though. Um, where I think I think I had the Wanderer in play, and I thought that the Wanderer, because Wanderer says prevent all damage that would be dealt to you, all non-combat damage would be dealt to you. Yeah. Um, and so I think I commanded the Dreadhorde for everything, and then said, no, 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 Wanderer says I don't have to pay for it. Oh that, my god. Wait, is that not how it works? I don't think it is. Wait, wait, but like, remember when you cast that four mana thing that says, hey, flip cards, and then you lose life equal to them, but you flip the, the eight mana card in play that says your life total can't change? So, the thing is, uh, what I did with it is I, uh, the Wanderer, by the way, from War of the Spark, prevent all uh, non-combat damage to be dealt to you and other permanents you control. Uh, the reason this does not work is because I reanimated the Wanderer in my stack of cards. 
Oh, like, I guess because in the order there that was, you do them? There was a The Wanderer. I believe my EDA, my, my twin-headed partner had a Wanderer in, in their graveyard. Oh, okay. Interesting. And so I targeted... Yeah, because the Wanderer specifically like, deals damage before the cards get put back. Okay. Yeah. That's fair the, the Command of the Dread Horde wants payment up front. No, yeah. no CODs over here. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, fair enough. Uh, to whoever that was at a pre-release that I... Uh, beat because i did this cool combo that doesn't actually work yeah i'm very sorry oh that's okay all right so lastly we have pioneer champs and uh so you might be asking yourself who's champ who's j44 well besides john cena uh (laughs) j44 bab is champ playing oops all spells so they're gonna head off to the pro tour whatever we're calling it now in eighth place we have oops all spells 7th place, Model Green Planeswalkers. 6th place, Jeskai Luka. 5th place, Oops All Spells. 4th place, Model Green Planeswalkers. 3rd place, 4-Color Omnath. 2nd place, 4-Color Omnath. 1st place, Oops All Spells. Again, by J44Bab. So, once again, Omnath getting close to the crown, but never never quite taking it. Yeah, can, you know what's funny is, like, in a lot of these events... Now, this has another one, but in a lot of these events... There's not that many mono green planeswalkers, and the like. The person who places the highest is Medvedev. Yeah, like they're very consistent about that. Which again, I think goes back to our point of practice the deck, you'll do pretty well. Um, disappointing in the champs is the again looking at the cards played. We again have Teferi, Uro, and Omnath, but you know, reasonably diverse top eight. Uh, lots of fun here. I I just want you know on MTG Goldfish, which is a great website. When you click on a deck, they put three pictures in the corner that are supposed to like highlight the big player cards of the deck. Mm-hmm. But when I click Oops All Spells, I don't see Dark Magician or Blue Eyes White Dragon, which is really confusing <laughs> to me uh, because those are definitely the best cards in this deck. We're playing Yu-Gi-Oh now, huh? Uh, this deck is amazing, and I'm so happy it's in Pioneer. I really am. Yeah, uh, I love it. I wish I could be playing it right now in paper. Or I would be jamming every GP with this deck. I, I would have bought it in foil by now, honestly. Um, but it is how, just, But how many cards would you play? It is, oh man, apparently 80 now. But I would have started at 60 for sure. The Ricky that I know would never follow the crowd. Ricky would be on like, has anyone played 76? I'm going to play yeah. 76. Yeah, exactly. Ricky would be like, hmm, nobody's played 78 cards yet. This is not true. I've played yes, very stock red-black aggro for a majority of my magic career. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the guy that's played Dark Scape Shift or uh, what was another bad deck they called one of your decks? Oh man, uh, I do not know. Was think, it were you were you a Moist Jund player? Uh, it was not Moist Jund. I think <laughs> uh, I think it was like what was it? It was the format where every every deck was like insert a tribe name from Tarkir and then add another color to it. Yeah, it's like Dark Jeskai. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, Sultai plus White, which mm-hmm. was like you know like the, almost the same deck. Or mm-hmm. M- Mardu Green, Mardu Green was the name of the deck. What was the Dark Scapeshift deck that I don't even remember ever actually playing a black card in it? Yeah, me neither. I don't remember playing black cards in that Scapeshift. But when well, they I just played, called it Dark Scapeshift, right? When, yeah, when I played Bring to Light, uh, they just called that Bring to Light Scapeshift. Um, the Darkscape Shift deck, I think it's because I had uh, an Ugin in my board. Okay. Which I did win with multiple times that weekend, where I just like, well, I've got all these lands, you've stopped my Scape Shift, here's an Ugin, can you beat it? What makes the deck dark, though? 
I don't know. Ugin's a bad guy. Ugin, yeah, I guess. I, you know, who knows? I was, I was too salty to care after that event. I lost my round fifteen or sixteen uh, into top eight of that GP and ended up, I think, like seventeenth or something, missing like top sixteen too. Sure. But anyways. All right. So let's get on with it. So our that's it for those events. Anything, uh, any other deck you guys really want to touch on? I quickly want to mention uh, a deck that went ahead and actually 5-0'd the preliminary recently. And I think might have done so in another week. Uh, on the 28th, we have uh, the 27th preliminary as just the, the like Risen Reef Masterways Blue Devotion deck again. Hmm. And it's pretty exciting seeing that deck get some results. I think that deck's super cool. Like the mono, mono Blue Devotion plus Risen Reef for the Masterways for the just the fattest Thassa's Oracles. Yeah, we we talk about competitive a lot just so that everybody knows like, hey, if you're a Pioneer enthusiast, you know, we, you have something to to come to. But definitely we prefer the uh, the more casual stuff. And I really do love like, you know, how many different decks i was seeing every week in the before times it was just it was so amazing Did you it was by far the casual? most yeah it was like by far the most played format at my local game store like not even close was pioneer because right. everybody was excited to build their decks you know i also want to point out a deck from the champs okay uh this is for ruckman now oh ruckman miss trigger has been in the labs okay and what they've done is they've formulated the possible best iteration of Grohl aggro. Uh, hold on. Which champ is this? Which one is this? It's in champs. It's called Grohl midrange. Let me go look. Let me go look. Let me go look. It is. It is a, it, it is a, it's spicy. Ooh. Ooh. We got, we got our, we got our mystics. We got our elves. We got our burning trees. We got a one of Galia, two scoops, okay. one Clothis in the Clothis. main. Okay, all right. Yeah, we, yeah. we we split up the glory and the questing beast run in two of each. We got the declaration, we got the glory, and we got two rele- uh, reckless bushwhacker, three Atarkis command, two shatter skull smashing, two ember cleave, nineteen land. This looks better than most red green aggro decks look. Nineteen land. So hold on, that means we're only playing twenty one land. Oh, okay, that makes right. We got a lot of three drops. We got the manadorics. I'm in. I'm sold. Yeah, we got we got eight mana dorks in here. Um, Sign feel delivered. It. We got the eight goblins. We got the rabble masters and the war bosses. Yep. yep. And and two reckless bushwhack. Oh, I'm so in on this deck. Do I do I have the cards to play this this weekend? <laughs> do you have the clothes? I mean, the clothes moves into the main. That's I think that's hot. I mean, I mean, look, I I have twelve proxies. Yeah, it's true. But I was gonna play with the Argyle fatal pushes. I mean, you could just put those in the board. I could just put those in the board. I'll be like that. What was that one SCG where the the guy played? Um, oh, what was the name of the Simic champion from Gatecraft from Dragon's Maze? Varel of the Hulkclade. Wow. Like his name sounded similar to Varel of the Hulkclade, so he just had two in his sideboard just to fill up slots. Nice. Like that was the sole reason. It sounds like my name. <laughs> That's too funny. All right. Uh, all right, cool. Well, that'll wrap that up. So let's take a quick couple minutes. Uh, like I said, I went through and I did a little digging. I took our top 12 deck list that we just talked about earlier in the Pioneer Mana game, and I just dug through Arena, and I wanted to see, without Pioneer Masters, right, which hopefully will be coming soon, how close are we to playing, like, the top Pioneer decks? 
And actually, in a lot of cases, surprisingly pretty darn close. We're going to go take a look at these real quick, and then uh, I'll ask these guys what if any cards are we missing outside of these that really just bring all of Pioneer to to Arena. Because really, we're just like a ban- the ban list being implemented away, and honestly, like I think a list of like 10 cards. Sure. All right, so let's take a look here. In at... Start with our blue white Yorian deck, Reflector Mage and Thraven Inspector. Two uncommons. Hmm. Pretty good there. Uh, Lotus Combo is one of those decks I think that's going to suffer the most here. They are missing Hidden Strings, Sylvan Scrying, Pour Over the Pages, and Thespian Stage. That's a pretty big one. That's yeah. pretty big cards missing. Yeah. You need tough. all those cards for sure. Esper Control, Esper Yorian. They're just missing Guy Reach san- Sanitarium. For hmm. the the Narset combos. Oh, yeah. That is the only card that deck is missing right now. Hmm. Mono Black Aggro is missing the one Urborg, the Mutavolts, and Bloodsoak Champion. But, you know, we could play Dreadwander, not Dreadwander, you could play uh, Gutter Bones instead right now. Um, so also, you know, these are also just like decks you can start building up to now. So you're just, you're ready to go when Pioneer Masters comes on, right? You, so you just save up some of your, your wild cards. You just pick these cards up when Pioneer Masters comes out. And then it's missing Kalidus for the sideboard. So I think Mono Black Aggro, just go pick up some Gutter Bones. Mutavolt's a pretty big loss. You could play like Crawling. What's the Crawling no, Barons? No, you can't play Crawling Barons. I'm trying to give an alternative, right? Right. Uh, Urborg. Honestly, I don't even play Urborg in my mono black deck. I should, but I don't because I didn't feel like dropping the money for an Urborg. Honestly, I think Mobilized District is a better. Maybe, maybe. And then Cletus is a pretty big deal missing out, but whatever. Jeskai Luka, just missing Chain to the Rocks. Wow, yeah. Can we play Isolate instead? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in there. Orzov Auras, missing Favorite Hoplite, Ethereal Armor, Griff's Boon, and Caves of Koilos. The big thing that I think is going to keep the... Like, in Historic, there is an Aura's deck, because uh, there's Saram and uh, Core Spirit Dancer in Historic. But it, but it plays blue, right, for uh, Staggering Insight? Blue for Staggering Insight and Curiosity and stuff like that. Uh, I think the thing that's going to keep, uh, keep it out of Pioneer, for sure, is no Ethereal Armor. Yeah. Like, we need Ethereal Armor in order to have the Orzhov Aura's deck. Favorite Hoplite's also very good. For sure. Um, but however, I do want to note here, uh, all these cards are commons. Yeah. So, like, you could have this deck ready to go when Pioneer Masters does hit. Like, this is just common and uncommon wild cards. Caves of Kylios would be nice. But, I mean, we have the Fast go, Land. We have... Go pick uh, up your shra- your SRAMs now. I mean, I've been preaching SRAMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Modern Green Planeswalkers. This is a pretty big one. Uh, we're missing Elvish Mystic. We're missing Oath of Nyssa. We're missing Nykthos. Uh, for the sideboard, because again, it's a, it's a toolbox deck. We're missing Orbs of Warding, a Lion Heatron Network, Darksteel Citadel, and Pithing Needle. Yeah, we, we can't play that right now. I, I, yeah. I think what's interesting to think about is like some of these decks become cheaper on uh, Arena, and some of these decks become more expensive. Any deck with Uros becomes cheaper, because obviously it's just four Mythic Wildcards. Some of these decks, you know, the lands costing you rares is is what's bigger than, you know, what they're actually worth plus the other ones. I think, interestingly enough, Orzhov Auras is still fine. I still think most of your cards are commons and uncommons. 
and that deck is pretty similar. Uh, Mono Green Walkers is unfortunately one of the ones that I think gets more expensive because of the amount of rares that you need. Rare, you gotta, you gotta. That's one of that's why we kept. That's why we started preaching last week. Start yeah. grinding your rare wild cards now. Those are going to go fast. Yeah, and mostly because the cards you're talking about in the sideboard, right? Like you need a lot mm-hmm. of one of rares in the sideboard, and it's one of, so it's not the worst. But a lot of the toolbox cards they go for are rares in the mono green walkers. All right, moving on. Niv to light needs uh, needs Sylvan Carried, Nahiri the Harbinger, Abrupt Decay, Dreadbore, Slaughter Games, Utter End, Bring to Light, Mana Confluence. And in the sideboard, you need Rakdos Return, Voice of Resurgence, Notion Thief. Overall, Nivtolite's our biggest loser. We're missing a lot of the Ravnica, like Return to Ravnica cards, like the gold cards from that, right? Right. We need to get those off our Niv, so. Yeah. For Burn, Burn actually surprisingly missing a lot. We're missing Monastery Swiss Spear, Eidolon of the Great Revel, Wild Slash, Boros Charm, Battlefield Forged. And the sideboard, you're missing Chain of the Rocks and Searing Blood. Yeah, and I think of those, there's a lot of comparable cards um, already that you can play, but Monastery Swift Spear is is irreplaceable. That's that's a tough one, even though you have the Wizard, I think, out there in Historic yeah. to, to get um, because of Amonkhet, right? Swift Spear yeah. is, a, is, is a house, even at Uncommon, so. Yeah. Um, and then Oops All Spells. Uh, again, needs Sylvan Karyatid. We need Prized Amalgam, we need Andercity Informer, Balistrad Spy, World Spy and Worm, and Eldritch Evolution, and then Natural State in the sideboard. Yeah. Now that's a huge question, right? Like, given that they've been, like, they pushed it back, if they had printed um, Pioneer Masters, do you think we would have gotten Balistrad Spy and Undercity Informer? Probably not. Probably not, right? Like, hopefully, like, I wonder if they'll include it, or if they like the deck or not. Right, like if they don't like it, they probably won't put it in. But that's an interesting th- slot because they're both commons, right? Yeah. At common, like wow, are, are they going to put them in there? Uh, guys? One of them might be an uncommon. One of them might be an uncommon. Well, still, right? Are they going to put them in the set? You think they should? They <laughs> at should? this point, they should. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about at all is, well, I think I don't think they do it enough, honestly, with uh, on MTGO. Or, uh, sorry, on Arena is I don't think they make enough of a they, they used to they did it a lot in the beginning, but they don't differentiate a best of one ban list and a best of three ban list anymore because like I think Oops All Spells just has to go in a best of one queue. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think that Mono Green again has that decent matchup, but man, we were playing that deck and it was pretty hard to lose game one. Yeah, like again, there's a lot of sideboard hate. You know, Ricky always mm. points out it's got, you know, Pioneer has some of the best graveyard hate in the, you know, of all of the formats, really. It exists in Pioneer. So, yeah, I, you you might be right. They banned the infinite loop of whatever that card was, Nexus of Fate. So, yeah. Uh, and then lastly, for Sultai Wreck, we're missing Seder Wayfinder, Abrupt Decay, and then our sideboard Notion Thief and Emrakul the Promised End. Mm. So I th- I think what what we've seen here is surprisingly... There's only a couple cards missing from all the big decks. Yeah. How are we missing Seder Wayfinder? Like, how has that not been in Jumpstart or something stupid? Yeah. Uh, I I might have missed it, but I did go through and double check all these cards. Um, but I don't think it's in Jumpstart. I don't think it is. Let me double yeah. check. Interestingly enough, like, you can do a lot with Sultirek right now. Like, if you're working towards cards and you want to compete, I think that's it. I think for Brewing, there's quite a few cards that we're missing. Um, 
at least as far as I know, like whatever that card is that delves away cards and you get their abilities. I don't think that's in historic, but Soul I guess Flare. Soul Flare. Soul Flare. Yeah. I don't think that's in historic, right? No. So, so do you want to talk about, so obviously that's only the cards from the, the big decks, right? But there are plenty mm-hmm. of other decks being played, you know, is there like do each of you have a couple cards that aren't on that list that you for sure want to see in pioneer masters? Um, again, I'll start off by like reiterating, like, Hey, Sultai wreck, you're so close to it. So many of the cards are there now go ahead and build it. And the upside to arena is that, you know, you build your euros and they get banned. That's okay. Because you're just going to get them right back. The, the big ones that I want to see that aren't on this list, I guess the one I start off with just cause it's me has got to be, is it charm? Um, mm-hmm. the draw and discard on that is so relevant in so many decks that, you know, you want to delve with, and then your delve spells are other big ones, right? Not to take the two, some of the two biggest ones away, but um, Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time are are definitely cards I want to see. Sure. Do you guys hear the, uh, the sound of all my paper crumpling and I throw it out the window? Yeah, What's, what, what are those cards? <laughs> Do you guys hear the, the, the noise of all, all my thoughts on this uh, question? Uh, just getting <laughs> thrown in the garbage because Chris got to go first. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough living your life on the draw. You knew, yeah you you knew going second would be uh, would be worse, and you know that we both play Phoenix. So take the Chris answer. Say Siege Rhino. Say, <laughs> say I don't scissors. want Siege Rhino. I don't want Scissors either. I, I mean, Scissors is fine. That'd be a cool card. Like I, I was, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna name it. Is it Charm? Nobody else is gonna think about. Is it Charm? <laughs> Chris is a hundred percent gonna think about. Is it Charm? Yeah, I've talked about it like several weeks in a row. I want hubris. <laughs> uh, but like in all actuality, like the mono blue cards like Thassa and Master of the Depths, I, I think mono blue is still a really fun deck for Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Especially with like the Risen Reef variants or even just like the straightforward builds, I think is really fun right now. Uh, you know, maybe it's not the most competitive right now, but it's fun. Also like cards like Master of the Waves or Master of the Depths, whatever he's called. Master of Waves, yeah. Master of Waves. They just like... They open a lot of doors. Like open-ended cards like that, I think are really cool. Nissa Vastwood Seer is another card that I'd really like to make sure it gets in. Mm-hmm. Like hardened scales, hardened scales. Uh, sure. For me, tireless tracker. Um. Oh yeah, you like your tireless tracker over there. You know, you know, I love tireless tracker. I mean, there's so many cards that aren't currently in arena that are pioneer legal. They don't really see a ton of play, but they're like just waiting. You know. Mm-hmm. Atarkas Command. Atarkas Command. You mean Jerokas Command, too? Like Rabble Master. Uh, the stupid Coligan Dragon Lord is like just one of the random only cards in the format that gives all your creatures haste for like some Also, weird... just Coligan's Command. Oh, uh, yeah. Coligan's Honestly, Command. if they. So I was thinking about it, right? Amon Kent Remastered and Kaladesh Remastered put a lot of Pioneer into the game. Mm-hmm. Now. Obviously, I just want Pioneer Masters out so we can get it done getting it over with. Um, if they just did Cons Remastered, though, that puts a lot of cards I, I think are missing in, into the game. Puts the best card that's missing, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Like, Is if, it Charm? Siege Rhino? Like, if they just did... I'm not saying I want this to happen, but if they if we just sat through, like, over, like, another two months of just, hey, here's Shadows Remastered, here's... Um, Cons remastered, and then here's an anthology of just the key cards that aren't in those. Would you be fine with that? Um, I don't know. Like, I I think the 
only upside that Arena has is that when I queue for the ladder, I don't always play against Soul Tyrek, right? And I use Soul Tyrek yeah. figuratively. Like, yeah, you know, let's talk about Historic, which is like the only Arena format that I play besides Draft. Well, you you can't go against Soul Tyrek and Historic. Right. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like, that's, that's my example of like competitive deck. Like, when I play in Historic, sure. I don't always play against Goblins. I don't always play against like the decks that all the pros took to the, you know, whatever arena championships that, that went on, I, I play against fun decks. And so I think like, I, I would like to see a larger card pool, whether or not that is from getting those two sets plus an anthology. So that like we get more commons, uncommons, that kind of thing. Um, or if they're going to make a giant master set that includes more like unplayable, theoretically rares or whatever that have seen some play elsewhere, yeah. whatever gets me the most cards is what I want because I think the only upside of arena is the fact that I get to play against fun brews people have made. Yeah. My thing is I would honestly like, it sucks because obviously drafting is the best way to build a car, your card pool in arena. I would suffer through a horrible draft format. If the master set was just like, here is like even a lot of the fringe playable cards in pioneer just on arena. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I don't even know. I would just buy cards. Like at this point, like I'm, I'm done messing around um, every month arena draft, I, I keep getting close and then it just keeps like, it keeps just being so, so tough to play a lot of the time. So, yeah. uh, you know, Hey, if they, if they do it right, or just give me the cards and just let me buy the cards, I will buy the cards. I know they won't cause it's wizards, but if you just let me buy the cards, I will buy them on your program and play them. Give me a dust system. Let me just buy wild cards. Like, give me something. Give You're, me something. The, the economy is honestly, look, arena is not perfect, but if they could just figure out a less, and I'm not going to use this word lightly, a less predatory economics ecosystem in the game, I would just sing praises from the high heavens. Yeah. I I think they're so used to um, their physical card system that they just were like, oh, no, look, we'll make so much more money off this and and sold it that way to the executives whereas like if yeah. you look at your hearthstones and whatnot that now are not very free to play blew up and for a while were had a much larger player base than magic did because it had more casual players because it was free to play you know and mm-hmm. i get it's tough when you have like why are pillars going to play physical buy physical cards when they could buy online cards but i think that would have been the way to get the viewers that they wanted and the players that they wanted, if it was at least just somewhat better, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was that for that. It for that. Uh, Chris, why don't you hit us with that Doesn't Slap theme song? Are we doing Doesn't Slap this week? Uh, well, it's not Doesn't Slap, but I mean, it's still Doesn't Slap is the challenge. We still want that sweet Doesn't Slap theme song. Yeah. Ruckman. It's, well, it's, it's Ruckman. Does, I, need to, I need to add like a tag. I need to add like something to that. So everyone knows it's Doesn't Slap challenge edition. Doesn't Slap bonus thing. Okay. Well, Ruckman, yeah. hit me with the Doesn't Slap. All right. Last week, I issued the challenge of give me your tired, give me your poor, give me the Gitrog monster. And I will say, we had a lot of late hour submissions. And I, you know what? I think this community thinks a lot alike because I saw a lot of similarities, especially in a lot of the decks. And we'll, we'll cover the, the decks here in a second. Um, a lot of the decks really started pulling in some Nissa. What's the black? What's the green black Nissa's name? Nissa of the Shadowed Bows. There are some top. There are some Valakut exploration. There is Nahiri's Lithoforming. Um, but I do want to highlight 
what I think was the coolest idea for a Gitrog monster. It's not our winner just because, unfortunately, the deck doesn't work. Okay. Um, but I do want to point out, and this is our first submission, actually. This is Smarmy Marmy giving us Gitrog Mill uh, with an engine of Underrealm Lich and Gitrog Monster to keep us just drawing more cards. Right, so Underrealm Lich, if you draw a card, you get to look at the top three cards of your library instead, put one in your hand, put two in the graveyard. So we get to look at the top cards, take a non-land, put lands in the graveyard, keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... The combo piece was supposed to be Sphinx's tutelage into Fairy's tutelage, so that every time we drew, we would mill the opponent, put lands in the graveyard, draw again, right? But Underrealm Lich is unfortunately a replacement effect, so we don't actually trigger our tutelages. Mm, yep. So, but I do want to say this was a great idea. This is the ingenuity that I wanted to see when I said, give me a Gitrog monster deck. You got the chops, kid. You got the chops. So, so Marmy, I'm still going to give you some arena codes because this is a great idea. I love yeah. the angle you're coming from, but unfortunately with replacement effects, and I, I even, just to make sure, I built a similar list to this on arena and tried it out just to be sure. And it does not trigger the tutelages, unfortunately, because that replacement effect. Mild Pro knew their audience because even though you could argue that this isn't the uh, best Gitrog monster deck, it does have Scoot Swarm in it. Well, let me tell you right now. Because our winner is not Mild Pro, but it does feature Scoot Swarm. And that is, so our winner this week is going to, so before, um, Wombat, great submission. It's a Wombat deck. But we're playing Uro, man. I want the spice. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Uro isn't spicy here. Now, I said some of the decks people were playing, they had, uh, like, Risk Breaker. They had Valken Exploration. That was a cool thought. They had the Dread Presence. They had the Nissa Shadow Bows. But I think, like, the Valken Exploration, uh, the decks that were playing... Uh, by Tyrant that had Nahir's Lithoform. I think they just got a little bit too cute. Uh, mm-hmm. But to simplify it here, my pick was by Bridger Smith from our Discord with go. Nom Nom Gitrog. We got a Gigantha, so we get a companion. We got three Deathrite Shaman. We got two Elvish Reclaimer, four Seder Wayfinder, two Azusa Lost But Seeking, four Dry of the Elysian Grove, two Raman of Excavator, two Scoo Swarm, three tireless trackers four dread presence three gitrog monster two assassins trophy two fork in the road four grizzly salvage and our lands are going to be some fable passages field of ruin forest uh idantha triome overgrown tomb swamp urborg woodland cemetery so one thing i like here right elvish reclaimer we get to just get rid of one of our lands throw it in the bin go find that urborg we get to tutor for our urborg which means that after urborg's in play now our Dread Presence is going to trigger off of any land. We've got yep. the Azusa. We've got the Dryads here to help get all of our extra land triggers. Wow. Um, Dread Presence is sweet. I y- Y'all know I love me some Tireless Tracker. We, everyone should know I love the Scoot Swarm here. I think this is a just very nice, tidy, clean-cut package version of this deck. Really focused in, uh, like I said, it has some of the lines of the other decks. It has the Dread Presence line. But I think Elvish Reclaimer being able to go tutor up 
that herb orb to help give us extra dread presence value. We're not dipping in the red for while I do like Valkyrie exploration, but I do like to hear his litho farming. I think this is just a neater package that encompasses some of my favorite cards in Pioneer. I'm not going to lie, right? Yeah. Uh, but this is sweet. This is our winner. So congrats to Bridger. Thank you, everyone else who submitted decks. So that's, of course, Wombat, Tyrant, Risk Breaker, Mild Pro, Matt Rail, and Marmy Marmy, our, our sweet shout-out runner-up there. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for submitted. Uh, Ricky, Chris, who, uh, which one of you wants to come for the next challenge? Um, Ricky can have it if you want. Oh, I can always think of more challenges. All right. What's your, what's your card? What's your idea? What are the people trying to play for this week? All right. Uh, off the top of my head here, I want to see... I, I was going to say enchantment theme, but I can't because we just had a winner that won enchantments. Uh, let's let's see your best paradoxal outcome deck. Oh, okay. And there's a reason. Because we might be uh, having a few paradoxal outcomes ourselves come the webcam event. All right. Ricky teasing it up. So you heard Ricky... Uh, by Monday, the bu, 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 what's next Monday? Monday the seventh. By about we'll say six seven p.m. for the the submission deadline for Ricky to go pick out what he thinks is going to be the best paradoxical outcome deck list, gentlemen. Before we wrap up this week, anything else you want to talk about? No, I really wanted to comment on like I checked to try and see if uh, I, I I feel bad admitting this, but I checked to try and see if Smarmy Marmy cheated. Um, or sorry, was it smart? It was Briger. Sorry, Briger cheated because that list had so much synergy, like fork in the road, stuff like that. I was looking like, where do you get the inspiration for these cards? That was very well thought out. A lot of the cards work with Gitrek Monster, um, getting the, you know, swamps to make our guy that counts for swamps to the end of the battlefield trigger. Cause a lot of people, uh, players had that card in their decks, but really mm. well done. Very well done. Value. Aww. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week on Crew 3, everyone. Hopefully you join us on Saturday for the webcam event. I'll be playing in it. I might have to dip a little early and uh, sort of run the event mobily, but the event will be going on. Uh, hopefully you all tune in for that uh, Magic Pro Tour or whatever the heck they're calling it now. Champs, Zendikar Champs. I don't know. It's hard to keep up with the pro scene anymore. And so we will talk to you all next week again. Thank you to everyone who supports the Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Thank you everyone for listening. Go check out the YouTube channel. Check out the Twitch streams every week. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Crew3Podcast. You can follow Chris on Twitter at... It's underscore Christmas, and Christmas has no T. And you can follow Ricky at... At also Steve. All right, gentlemen. We'll talk to you all next week. Once again, thank you all for listening. Talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.